dark, it's raining in the park. But meantime, I often wonder at the start of the show if our STDs are curious as to what nonsense we'll come out with. <laughs> we'll come out with. Because, you know, when we first started this, we were very formal, you know. Welcome to the show, and this is Swing Thoughts, and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you two and I, well, you you and I are now like two old, wily veterans, you know. We're just like, yeah, yeah, whatever show starts, show ends. We don't even care. <laughs> I know the show prep used to be, you know, ten, you know, fifteen minutes. Okay, this and this is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now it's like ninety seconds. Hey, how are you? Yeah, you're, you're still breathing. <laughs> <laughs> Just that's very funny. Just before we hit record, I said to Tim, "I'm going to throw some at you," and you're like, "Okay, yeah, great." Um, <laughs> all right. So officially, welcome. This is what happens when you've done something for eight years. Welcome to season eight. We're in the midst of it now. It's funny, we, I guess it's, uh, we're about to enter our third month of Season 8. It's Swing Thoughts. Uh, that's the golf podcast unlike any other. And the tradition continues. Um, we're going to be uh, talking about something a little bit different today. Last week we spoke to one of our sponsors about the uh, health of uh, our equipment of course, TaylorMade, title sponsor now, going on quite a long time. Oh, by the way, uh, that's Tim O'Connor. He's a uh, mental performance coach. And uh, Coach Tim has been uh, working with uh, golf athletes and others for quite some time. I'm, of course, golf spiritual leader. <laughs> which is, which, Self-appointed, but... It, you know, hey, <laughs> I know that. Who, no one, no one had laid claim to it, so why not? That's right. I, you know, I, it's been so long that I've been calling myself that I can't even remember why. Uh, but I am, you know, I've, I'm. Listen, I've gone through all the depths of golf hell. I've climbed out of the abyss. Anyway, um, I'm humble Howard from GSL status from the uh, humble and Fred show. And um, and uh, we were really excited when uh, TaylorMade signed on years ago. And this for the first time this year, we actually have uh, a commercial. If there's one thing we know golfers want from a driver, it's distance. But there's actually two things, distance and forgiveness. That's why TaylorMade designed the all-new Stealth 2 with even more carbon for even more forgiveness. Wait, did you say forgiveness like far or forgiveness like... Forgiveness. 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 I'm hearing far. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Exactly. Rory gets it. The all-new TaylorMade Stealth 2. Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. There you go. How about that, huh? That sounded pretty professional. Yeah, like, I I wondered... um how they determined who got what lines. So like, did they, were they there with their scripts around the table with coffee and donuts doing the read? Yeah. And, and they went, Colin, you're nailing it. You got the most. <laughs> I think that's a good point. I think how they probably determined it, they said, hey, Tiger, which ones do you want? <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone else went, okay, whatever Tiger doesn't want, I'll do. Uh, TaylorMadeGolf.ca, in case you didn't hear it. It's like a cheat code for your game. Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, I'm going to give you a little cool music. Wait till you hear this. Um, because Tim's pretty hip. Plays in a punk band. And uh, one of my favorite uh, summertime songs is from a band that we used to play a lot of on the edge, a band called Sublime. This oh, is, yeah. yeah, man, Summertime. Oh, that's sweet. Summertime. 
So that's perfect music to put behind my read, if you will, of uh, our spot for our other sponsor, who is Oscar Bravo, makers of fine golf polos unlike any you've ever or feel on your bod. They are amazing, made of uh, fine Italian materials <laughs> and amazing construction. Um, buy an Oscar Bravo shirt, man, and you'll uh, you'll be one of 100 people to have that shirt worn, and I guarantee you, no one at your club will have it. And they'll be green with envy. Yeah, and by the way, when he says only one in 100 people, because they make limited editions of these shirts, and I've been now uh, parading around my club wearing them, you know, yeah, they get comments. The, the thing is, I, I, I said, I actually was talking about this shirt the other day with Fred, I said, it's the nicest piece of clothing that I own, and it's a golf shirt. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's not, like a, it's not like a suit or anything you wear to weddings and funerals. No, no exactly. it's a golf polo. No, exactly. I don't have like it's. It's way more expensive than any suit I have. Um. Anyway, Timothy, uh, the website for them is whoisoscarbravo.com. Nicely done. Now, I thought about this uh, the other day because our uh, newest sponsor. Uh, is actually a sponsor of the Humble and Fred show. And I was trying to think of like, what would be an appropriate piece of music for a company that is dedicated to making our bodies feel better through the um, art of stretching. And this is what I came up with. You'll love this because you're an older guy like me. You'll remember this. Taking you back to the 1970s, ladies and gentlemen. With the spinners, rubber band man, boom ninety seven three. This is going to take some explaining, uh, Lucy. About three years ago, I was in Phoenix, and uh, I was down there with my buddy Marty Chuck at Tour Striker Golf School, and um, in between a session, someone was talking about these places where you go. To have assisted stretching. And um, it was like nothing I'd, ne- I'd never experienced before. You know, I don't know if you saw that uh, episode of uh, the Netflix or saw that documentary. We've talked about Full Swing, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, where they're all Tiger and Justin, they're all getting. They're all getting over. therapy before the round. Yeah. They're all getting yeah. stretched before the round. So, this place I went to in Phoenix, same type of thing. And I experienced it. And then uh, a couple months ago, ex-girlfriend Rachel, who's still my buddy, said, hey, did you hear that they have one of those places in Toronto? I'm like, get the F out of here. You've got to be kidding me. And of course, being the nerd that I am, I quickly went and tried it out. It's a place called Stretch Lab. Stretchlab.com is the website. And the guy, <clears throat> excuse me, while I was in there, I saw this dude. He's walking around. I'm like, well, he's, he he's, looks like he's in charge of something. He's a uh, a very interesting character, and he's the uh, guy that brought Stretch Lab to Toronto, and uh, not only a sponsor of the Humble and Fred Show, but now on Swing Thoughts. Say hi to David Moskowitz. Hello, David. Hello, 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 gentlemen. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, and very happy to be here. Well, if there was a group of people, men and women especially, that need what you do, 
And I know you're, I've been to your place now a few times. It's filled with a lot of downtown hipsters. But the old guy, <laughs> the, I'll tell you what, I was in there. The old, the guys our age, Timmy, this is what we need. We need somebody to help us move and un, get unstuck. Maybe, David, you could explain not only two things. So explain what Stretch Lab is mm-hmm. and, and what assisted stretching is. Yeah. Stretch Lab in itself is a one-on-one assisted stretching studio it's open concept you come on in yeah you're gonna feel like you're at home you take off your shoes you relax you get brought in by one of our flexologists with hipster name uh, and you get brought in and they do an assessment on you see what your range of motion is see what areas that you need uh, help with maybe you have some joint pains or some muscle issues or you have increased or decrease range of motion that you need worked on. Um, so they'll do an assessment on you and then they'll put you on a bench and they will stretch you and increase your relaxation. They will increase your posture, make sure that you are able to move better, feel better, and that you can live longer. And they'll stretch you out for 25 to 50 minutes, depending on which session you're there for. And then they'll send you on your way and they'll hopefully you'll come back once a week, twice a week, depending on what your goals and your specific needs are. And you'll continue that for at least three months to begin with. And then beyond that to get their their range specifically for what you two gentlemen are talking about is the golfing world. The golfing world is such a uh, area where you definitely need some stretching before and after. Well, we'll get to the golf thing, but I think that what's more important and what you hooked me on was how stretching helps you live longer. Right. Yeah. So the areas of stretching that are definitely going to help you live longer. So increased range of motion and flexibility. Everyone needs that. Getting up and down from the couch, getting in and out of bed, putting on your shoes. As we get older, lifting up your grandchildren, putting them in the wagon, you know, taking them on swings, that increased range of motion means you're not going to be pulling your back. You're not going to be uh, spraining anything while you're just walking down the street, putting on your underwear. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. You're walking down the street and putting your underwear on at the same time? <laughs> well, depending on what neighborhood you live no, in. No, maybe, that's a really good point. The, yeah, but, you know, I always joke around that, you know, everyone pulls their back once in their life and no one's got the good story that you were running across the street to save the child from getting hit by <laughs> that's the car. Right. It's you were putting on your underwear or you're taking a milk jug out of the fridge and that's no, how you exactly. back. So. Well, you know what? It, it's, it's, it's not just backs. Um, I get ham, hamstring spasms yeah. all the time. Yeah, me too. And uh, another thing too is that it's odd. I get uh, I get this spasm in my diaphragm. I don't know if you can stretch that sucker out, but you know, just that's just, a special stretch, Tim. That's only <laughs> someone getting there and stretch Tim's diaphragm. It, it all it all semi seriousness. Um, yeah, you get to a certain age and just you know, like to sit to put on socks and shoes. Gotta sit down. You know, it, yeah. Stretch Lab helped me move towards putting my shoes and socks on while at least semi-standing okay, before, up. Before you answer that question, there's a serious aspect to this. You know, what, one of the things that David, I am dead serious about myself. Okay, one, of the, one of the things that David touched on was the idea of mobility as we age, which is being able to stand up and get out of... I, I, there was a study done, I'm not sure if you sent it to me or somebody sent it to me, about elderly people 
um, not being able to stay in their homes if they can't do a couple of simple things, which is get out of a chair. Now, again, we're talking about golfers, and we'll get to golf in a second, but... It, being stretched and, and being able to maintain the the elasticity of your fascia helps you helps you with those muscles that keep you um, mobile as you age. Is that not correct? Yeah, definitely. It's it's not just your fascia; it's your actual muscles in your joints that need to be moving and have the fluids going through them and the elasticity of them. As soon as you lose all that in your body, everything just tightens up. So coming in for a stretch once a week, twice a week, 25 minutes, 50 minutes is going to encourage that and teach your muscles and teach your joints on how to stay fluid. And you can do it yourself. You know, just like anything, we get a lot of time. Well, Dave, I can stretch at home myself. The difference between stretching at home and having someone stretch you is they're going to put you through a different range of motion. You can make dinner at home, but it always tastes better at a restaurant. So these are the kind of things that coming into the studio, our trained flexologists are going to teach you the proper ways to stretch and are going to get your body in that motion. Just like a personal trainer at a gym, we are personal trainers for stretching. One of the things that they do, um, and just to be clear, I went into your company. I was in there. So I was, I was, I couldn't have been, I was one of the, as soon as I heard it, I was there. And so long before, um, we, um, we, we entered into a little deal, you and I, for the uh, Humble and Friends show. I said, you know, I, I knew right away this is the kind of thing that I, I would need. What, one of the first things they do at Stretch Lab, Tim, is they give you an ass- assessment. Uh, uh, what do you call it? A MAPS? Um, MAPS. And I thought, you know, I, I do yoga. You know, I'm in pretty good shape. <laughs> I'm not some fat dude. And I, I, didn't, I didn't score poorly. I didn't, but I didn't score what I thought I would. would. Is that typical of most people? It is. It is. So the map system assesses your and it's an iPad that sits on a wall with some uh, proprietary system in it that basically videotapes you doing three overhead squats and it's squatting down Um, and it assesses your mobility, your activation, your muscles, your posture and your symmetry and your whole body of how your body's working together. And it gives you a score out of 100. Most people, unless you're a 20 year old gymnast, you're probably not going to get to the depths that you that you can get to if you stretch more. Mm-hmm. And so it gives a good assessment for our flexologist just to do a quick assessment of you. They're going to continue doing assessments as they're stretching you and they're going to continue making improvements in your body. But most people don't score so well on that. But it, but it's not the aspect of getting so good. It's what you are now compared to where you're going to be. We're going to get into in, in a moment about how Stretch Lab can directly help you as a golfer. But mm-hmm. I'm also aware that as someone who's been fairly active most of my adult life, that stretching was something that was recommended you know, before you ran. And I ran for like 30 years or so and then uh, became a gym guy. But there then seemed to be some debate on whether stretching was really effective or not and, and when you should do it. And, you know, so can you just address that debate, if uh-huh. you will? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's it's funny because until you actually understand stretching as what stretching actually is, you don't understand what type of stretching to do before and after working out. So if you come to Stretch Lab, what we're going to be doing is a mixture of active and passive stretching. The type of stretching you want to do before you work out is active stretching. The stretching you want to do after you work out is passive and active, a little active. 
if you do too much passive stretching before you work out, your muscles aren't going to move in the same way that they're going to move if you've done active stretching. Well, quickly, David, what are the so, di- what's the difference between active and yeah. passive stretching? Thank the you. easiest way to understand it is if you were going for a run, you're going to want to do leg swings. So you're, wanna, you're going to want to get your muscles working in the same motion that you're going to be going for a run for. So you're swinging your leg just as if you were to swing, swing your arm up and down. So you're going to swing your, your leg back and forth, which right. will get you to do that. If you do a passive stretch, um, you know, pigeon stretch, or you yeah, just yeah. reach down to your toes and touch your toes, that's passive. Your muscle's not going to get to the same motion as running. So let's talk golf because I do, a, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure Tim does. We're both in pretty active and decent shape. I, I do a series of sort of, I would say, active stretches motions for about five or seven minutes i do some stuff from yoga i do a lot of swinging in my legs i do a lot of stretching in my arms but but let's just talk specifically with stretch lab and the benefits because on the website it says improved sports performance right again the reason that those guys on the tour have guys like you and the people that stretch all what do you call them flexologists flexologists the the reason they do that before tournaments is because it gets their muscles warmed up and elongates all that other stuff. How do you That's think right. how do you think Stretch Lab can directly impact a golfer's performance? Yeah, so what it's gonna do is gonna give you that ability to last longer during your sessions. So whereas maybe you go out now, you do some stretching before you go golfing and you go out for an 18 hole, which is going to take you X amount of time. It's gonna be able to get you more flexible so that when you get out onto the to the green you're going to be able to have your swingers last longer you're not going to be in that pain in those range of motions with that repetitive swing that Mm -hmm. you're going to continue to doing your muscles aren't going to last as long once you come in and get stretched on a regular basis your muscles going to get familiar with that range of motion it's going to feel better so you're not you're going to get through a whole 18 hole and not feel those pains that you normally do well the the Talk to me a little bit about, so I can understand, you said get fluid going. Most people don't think of of fluid, how it works in their body when they're stretching. It's mm-hmm. about you know, elongating a muscle or something like that. Can you talk why about the role that fluid plays with the muscles and tendons and that kind of thing and why it's advantageous for golfers to get those fluids moving? Yeah, definitely. Just like a car. Uh, our body is a car. When your engine is running and the oil's going through it, your engine is running smooth and you can't hear anything. As soon as your engine loses some oil, it starts to overheat and it's metal on metal. If you don't have fluid going through your joints and you don't have fluid in those areas where you have bone on bone and and muscles going in there and there's no fluid going in there, they start to cramp. And that's where you're going to get cramps. So a mixture of water... And the fluidity of your actual muscle moving is going to help. And especially for golfers, because you're putting in your body in a position for most golf- golfers. Yeah, it's, it's unnatural they, as hell. Yeah. And, and they'll, <laughs> so what they'll do is they'll, they'll drive to the golf course. They'll get their golf clubs out. They haven't yep. stretched yet. They'll rip out their golf cards, clubs from the trunk, which probably weigh 20, 30 pounds. They'll put it in the cart. They'll get their, they'll sit in the cart, have a, have a quick beer or have a quick coffee. Yeah. That's the fluid most golfers are familiar with. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then they'll get on, get onto the first hole, maybe do a couple practice swings and swing away. 
and they're not doing anything to prepare and they're not doing anything after to recover. And golfing is a workout. Well, listen, Uh, my friend. Um, I, I can tell you right now, a lot of golfers are going to take advantage of this. And uh, right yeah. now, there's a location in downtown Toronto, soon to be all over the city. For more information, go check out what David Moskowitz is talking about. It's stretchlab.com. And uh, thank you, my friend. Appreciate your time today. Thank you, gentlemen. Nice meeting both of you. Nice yeah, meeting you and I, again. I want to check you out. So you can check him out. Please come by. <laughs> All right. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks, David. Take care. Bye. All right. There you go. Just lay yourself out, just like uh, you know people do. Used to love this. There's certain songs that I uh, used to. Uh, Introduced as a disc jockey back when I did disc jockey things, and this was one of them I used to love. Um, the first four years, money I, by the OJs. Did you did that one get a good workout? Money, yeah, money, money, money. Oh, right, right, right. The Apprentice uh, uh, theme. I think that's the Apprentice theme. Um, I didn't even know it was a theme or something. I just yeah. thought it was an amazing money, song money, with money. A killer bass line. Um, yeah, the uh, not so much the OJs. Um, Anyway, where I was going with it was uh, there was a whole, there was four years of my life where all I did was introduce songs. And um, there's like a real uh, art to it. And, uh, you know, the rest of my career, I introduced introduced songs as well, but it wasn't my my main focus like it was when I started. And and we used to rate songs that we liked based on the introduction, the the time you got to talk. So there was another OJ song, not Money, Money. I'm I'm trying to think what it was. um, Backstabbers? Yes, I like that song. Uh, they smile. Who is that? Is that the OJs? I think so. I don't know. Okay. Hang on a second. Smile on the face. face. All the time, I want to take your place. Oh, yeah. Well, there's also Love Train. Here's Backstabbers. Oh, my God. Love Train. Yeah, this is very dramatic. Mm-hmm. I don't know the uh, intro time on this. Here we go. Yeah, man. I love this song. Oh, of course. They're all, so many of those songs are so amazing. Yeah. One of my faves, absolutely, of all time. Yeah. This theme from Shaft. Oh, my God. When when the Johnny Guitar Watson Wawa comes in. There's uh, an OJ song. I'm not sure. Is this Love Train? Um, Oh, yeah. Love Train. There's a famous OJ song, and I don't know if it's one of these. And uh, the urban legend was that a woman, a backup singer, was stabbed in the recording of it. Yeah. And that the sound of her, there's like a, because there was like a real high-pitched scream on one of their songs, and anyway. Yeah, that's urban legend material for sure. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Is this the song you mean, the... Yeah, for the love of money. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so this was this became the theme for uh the Orange uh, Pig's um apprentice. Oh really? Yes, my friend. Sorry, I I I uh I love all these funky bass lines, so I Yeah, oh, yeah. I so between songs every once in a while when CID is playing, I'll I'll just play one of those. 
and they have a guy will walk up after our band plays. And he says, "You like funk music, don't you? And you're a funk meister." When I, in fact, when I think of you, all I th- when I think of Tim O'Connor, I think of the funk. Bring the funk is what I say. Oh yeah, another, another, another Roman Catholic white boy from the suburbs. Yeah. Anyway, there. Yeah, go look this. Li- I, you know, I don't have time right now. I guess I'm doing a golf podcast. But that's one of those. That's one of those urban legends, Timothy. Okay. That. Um, so that's the OJ's. Uh, anyway, great having uh, Dave on the show. And um, years ago, I was involved in a company. That did, uh, I did marketing for this company that did, had like, you know, rehabilitation, personal trainers, sports medicine, and some assisted stretching. And this is when I was in my early 40s, when I was first introduced Mm. to this idea. Um, And it really is something everyone should experience, and not just because they sponsor the Humble and Fred Show, but I think you should experience it, especially golfers, because I've been having a lot of trouble this year with uh, two areas of concern physically and of course mentally I've got so many fucking areas <laughs> so many um, but my left hip which is affecting my lower left back you know yeah. my left side of my back which really bugs me and my knee which um, you know I'm working really diligently on uh, trying to learn to post up better, you know, in case he giving me shit a few months ago. So what it's done is it's aggravated my knee a little bit. So I went, um, last Thursday I did uh, yoga in the evening, then I went and got stretched in the morning the next day, and then I did, I had a massage that Friday. So in 24 hours, had all those three treatments, wow. if you will. Were you like, were you like six inches taller? <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. <clears throat> First of all, I slept so well Friday night. And I played Saturday with a new sense of uh, freedom. Um, yeah. but, and, and the fact that it got to be above zero for the first time or whatever. You know. <laughs> but what a difference. I can, I can tell you, that's why those guys, you know, when you think about what tour players do, it's almost like, well, that's the best practice, right? Those are the mm-hmm. best practices. Which brings me to something I wanted to ask you. Are you a pin-in or a pin-out guy? In-out are we going to get into the Hovland thing? No, no. I was just curious about your. No, I'm a I'm a pin out guy. Yeah. Um, that's quite quite the pivot we just made there. Well, um, yeah, it's one of the things I wanted to bring up this morning, but it's um yeah, go for it. But it, it has it has to do with best practices. Oh, okay. Because those guys on the tour get stressed before every every round they play or after they do physio, et cetera, et cetera. Right? They're athletes. Yeah. So leaving stretching behind would make me think about best press practices. What made me think about best practices is um, I played recently with some people that leave the pin in and I'm I just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I, I think that just during COVID it became almost like this security blanket thing, something sure. else to, to kind of focus on and they liked it and it worked. So it's something they hang on to. I I was sold on taking it out again when I was playing with uh, James Boyce when he was the head professional at Blue Springs, and you know we're we're then and so now we have this freedom to do what we want with a pin. And uh, he said, um, 
He says, do you like the sound of the ball going in the hole? I'm like, oh, yeah. Then yeah. you take the pin out. Yeah. Well, and then, of course, the rules changed. I'm not sure what came first, the rule change or COVID. But the reason I, I tied into best practices is this. Outside of a handful of guys. So you got to figure on the PGA Tour, the Live Tour, the DP World Tour, and the Corn Ferry Tour, the Japanese Tour, the five biggest tours on planet Earth. There's a handful of guys that leave it in. The point being, those guys, if it, 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 these are the best practice guys in the game. If they saw any advantage to having the pin in, there would be almost all of them leaving it in. Do you know what I'm getting at? Like, oh, totally. What, what, so by the way, I don't feel me, I don't feel that strongly about this. It just makes me. I'm just curious if people exactly, haven't figured it's that a out. Curious thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, so if you're talking about guys who you know mine data matthew fitzpatrick exactly yes and he's one of those guys who leaves it in which is a curiosity exactly because um there's data you know i don't know whether it's double blind and a control group oh i don't know but there's data that golf digest pointed to this week in light of um Golly, what the hell's his first name? Hovland, you know, yes. nice Norwegian Beak fella. Dollar. Yeah, so he had about a 20, 25 footer putt, and it hit the flag and stayed out. Mm-hmm, I saw that, and so that kind of re uh, invigorated that debate. So. Well, uh, for me, you're and, and you. By the way, great point about Matt Fitzpatrick. There's a guy that keeps track of everything. Yeah, oh god. But yeah. aside, so him being the outlier. Because, again, he he must have done the research. But the rest of those guys have access to all kinds of anecdotal evidence and, you know, research. And most of them keep it out. I just find it, not that it was that annoying, but I just, you know, when, like I do this. If it's 45 feet, there, you know, if it's from far, I'll leave it in. But yeah. once once it once it's at a holeable length of any matter, I want I don't know maybe because we're older guys and we've been doing this since we were kids that it just looks weird. Plus the um, I kind of miss the etiquette of ta- of holding it for somebody. You know, yeah. there used to be a kind of a nice thing you would do for someone like for a longer putt. You'd say just just hold that for me, would you? I don't know. And if you were really good at it. If there's a little bit of a breeze and the flag was going, you would hold the flag. Yes. There you go. There you that's go. Extra See? Level. See, that's why I would that's why uh I was an A caddy at Sunningdale Golf and Country Club in London, and why all the scratch players asked me to caddy for them in a club C. I'm sure I'm sure in the eight years of doing this show I've told you about the first time I heard my dad say the F word. <laughs> Yes, you've told that anecdote. I got bored with the flag and I started to shake it back and forth. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, um, moving on now, friends. Let's put on a little bit more of our look back at the sounds of the OJs. Used to be my girl. There you go. So here's the actual thing I wanted to talk to you about today. Under the heading, Golf Jealousy. 
and how that part of the game and the mental, I don't know, um, part of our mental approach. And this is what this show is all about. And I just wonder if other golfers feel this. You know, comparing ourselves to others and comparing ourselves to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, because I have found myself comparing myself to myself. And and I'm sure other people have, you know, I, I hear other golfers say things like, man, I really had my driver going yesterday. Or, you should have seen me the other day. I couldn't miss a putt. Or, last time I played, man, I hit every green. And so, first when I notice it with others, you know, I find it, you know, as a golf spiritual leader, I look at it and I say, well, you know, every day is different. You know, I, I've said this to, you know, people I work with. I say, you know, you're going to feel, your body is going to feel different every day. And just because you sank everything Tuesday, well, it's Wednesday and golf doesn't, there's no, the, frustra- the frustrating and challenging and the great thing about the game is there's no, you don't put anything into the golf bank, you know, you, you, make, you can't make a deposit. And so, Part B of this is other people's golf jealousy. Part A is my own golf jealousy, you know, and it, and not being as good as like I, I've said this to my buddy Paul uh, Yoda Paul. I said, you know, maybe, and this is a, it's not easy for me to admit, but I think a lot of people would feel the same way. I said maybe two things, maybe. Maybe I can't get any better than I am now, and maybe I'm not as good as I think I am. You know, I was, this was after a shitty round, so of course I was feeling all down in the dumps. But I started thinking about it. Maybe a lot of golfers feel like they should be better than they are. And it's hard to accept that, you know, maybe this is as good as you're going to... Maybe this is how good you are. So mm-hmm. I've put a bunch of stuff out there. I knew you'd uh, nibble on it. But, uh, you know, pick, pick and choose any of those entry points. Well, um, cool stuff. You, this is why you're the GSL. You think it at a very elevated level, <laughs> and uh, so so now I have to ascend uh, to uh, to the same atmosphere you're breathing in. Um, golf jealousy. Wow. Um, I'm. I've had many times in which uh, you know I wanted to emulate someone. I remember, like, so back in the. 70s and 80s, I thought that Larry Mize had the most silkiest tempo ever. And I just thought, you know, if I just swing like Larry Mize. So I'm not sure that whether that's jealousy or whether that's wanting a model. But let me ask you this. You've never been in a, have you ever been in a round of golf where somebody is playing well, better than you are, and you've been like, hmm, hmm, how come they're playing well and I'm not? You ever had that feeling? Wow, I, I probably have. I mean, it's like you know, why not me? But m- uh, have you ever had the feeling? What I tend to do, what I tend to do is, is okay. He's got something going, and and good for him. Who knows what's going on there? I guess he probably started playing golf earlier than me. Mm. <laughs> he plays more. Uh, maybe he's more talented than me, but I'm not sure that's quite jealousy versus 
comparing myself. Well, we can use different words. You can do envy, comparing. You know, I just threw jealousy out there as a, a blanket, you know, sort of to get the ball rolling. But I think a lot of golfers have golfer envy and 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 some maybe jealousy is not the right word but um an ennui if you will a dissatisfaction if you will with how it's going for you especially if you're playing with somebody that's playing really well or you know comparing yourself to somebody at the club or comparing yourself to yourself i think is very common with golfers that we because i hear it all the time and i'm sure you've heard it where and this is it's funny because I have some envy of my of my better rounds, but I don't really ever think, oh, man, I was really driving it well yesterday. Why aren't I driving it well today? I've accepted the fact that some days I hit it great in certain areas and some days you don't. There's a weird golf karma, irony, if you will, where whatever it is you're working on the most usually, <laughs> usually is the thing that will suck the most in the next round of golf you play. Like I always say, like if you've spent a lot of time working on your pitching and chipping, you're going to have some pitching and chipping troubles initially, you know? Not oh, yeah. necessarily. You know, you know, yeah. yeah, the guy who, who uh, chips for two hours <laughs> feels like he's a plus handicap. First chip he's got. He That's right, it. he chunks the first chip. Eventually, it, you know, it, it synthesizes into your game. But I just see that uh, in my own game, and I see that in a lot in other people's games, where they're, you know, they're carrying the last round with them. They're carrying a burden with them. Mm -hmm. And I wonder what you would say as a coach would be the solution to diffuse those situations. Well, it's so natural. I mean, we're social animals. I mean, if you sort of take the big picture, as human beings, we are social animals. We're always comparing ourselves, evaluating. I mean, that's why if you're sitting in a restaurant and someone new comes in, your eyes go there. It's instinctual. That's what we do. But the question is always like, okay, how does it serve me to be dwelling on, oh, my, his tempo's really good? Or how come he's making all the short putts and I'm not <laughs> that kind of stuff. Just, it, it just ain't going to serve you. It's just going to put you more in your own head and more story, more thoughts. And you know, we've been on this for eight years talking that that just ain't any good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it starts with the awareness of, Oh, you know, I'm dwelling on this stuff. I'm in a story. I'm, you know, I, I'm, you know, flagellating myself. We can say that on radio, right? Um, mm. <laughs> I Listen, I, if you that, suffer, I'm glad, I'm glad that I listened to Modern yeah, Chuckle. If you uh, if you suffer from self flagellation, you should get Tim and Howard's <laughs> anti flagell pills. Um, yeah. Please so continue. It's just, being, it's just the awareness of 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 doing it, and like, oh my god, really? When I do this to myself, does that help? Does that serve me at all? No. Well, I'm reading, uh, continuing Raymond Pryor's book, uh, Golf Beneath the Surface. Um, excuse me, that didn't come up in it, but the awareness does. And that, um, so assuming that some golfers related to some part of what I said about golf jealousy or envy or whatever. So the first, as you just pointed out, what Raymond would say, and I agree, that you can have those thoughts. And let's just say, Man, I was really driving it great yesterday. Where has it gone today? I've got my, my pull hook is back, whatever that story is. But, you know, the key to mindfulness, and Raymond leans pretty heavily on, on it in his book. A lot of it is very Sam Harris and a lot of it is a lot of meditation stuff. 
But the idea is you can have those thoughts. It doesn't mean you are those thoughts. Exactly. You can be envious of somebody who's having a good run of golf, but it doesn't mean that you can't have one either. Do you know what I mean? I think a lot of, yeah. you know, we've talked about this for a long time, that golf does manifest itself. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Golf helps to hold a mirror up to ourselves. But, you know, as Sam Harris would say, you know, you can just you can be a mirror for your thoughts, but that doesn't mean those are that's who you are. Right. And, and sometimes I think we forget as golfers that there are periods of time we all go through where either it seems to be clicking, life is, <laughs> golf is easy, things are happening, and there are times uh, more often than not when it's not, when it's a struggle. And I think m- m- my feeling the last m- few months or few weeks for sure is that I've sometimes I forget my own bullshit, which is it's supposed to be hard. That's why we play it. We all want it to be easy. I do. But it's the accepting that it's not is the kind of secret sauce of it, at least for me. Well, I think acceptance is the, is a is a key. You know, I accept that I'm a human being, so that means I'm a flawed human being. But that's part of being human is is that you, that I'm going to make mistakes. Uh, things are going to happen. I'm going to think things uh, that are, are not going to serve me. But that doesn't mean I'm weak or have a, a bad character. It means I'm human, and it's again we've come back to that awareness. It's totally natural to have have thoughts of like, oh, how come he's striping it today and I'm not? That's that doesn't right. mean you're, that doesn't mean you're, you know, of a weak character. It's just, oh, yeah, you're human. You're going to have thoughts like that. But then, then how do you respond? That's always the key. I have awareness of what's happening. Is this serving me? If not, then I have, then I can choose to respond in a way that does serve me. And, one of the things that I, I just I just want to get this in before I forget it is that what used to happen to me a lot is that I would see players like I felt like I've, I, I referred to this Mad Magazine comic book that I used to have about uh, baseball and they was, the guy would talk about the um, the second baseman who takes extra drills and he does all these fancy moves because he's trying to make make you forget he's only hitting two oh three, so he's doing all this extra stuff and like he was trying hard. He's an earnest grinder, a phrase I've used, and that's how I've often seen myself. And I see people like this guy Mike Alderman used to play at Blue Springs. He would just walk up to a club, kind of just make a little wag, and then hit this. Yeah, I know Mike. I like, played with Mike. He's very good. Yeah, and I'd be just like, almost like, I almost have blood coming out of my forehead and be trying so hard. Yeah. And I would go, go, God, look at Mike, he's just, you know, and then there'd be other guys at the club who, like, wouldn't have, you know, kind of a crappy setup and slash at it, and, and they, they'd hit it as well as I was. So, the understanding was, okay, I'm not weak, I'm not, it, it's, it, it's not that I'm deficient, it's it's just like, where am I at? Okay, what does this serve me to be comparing myself to this? Well, n- no. Okay, so <clears throat> we've come full circle because I started off by calling it golf jealousy. And you you said, oh, I don't really, f- I don't experience jealousy. But, but we all can experience what you just said now. 
which is comparing ourselves to others. I played with Mike. He's a very fine player. And, 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 and I think in that scenario you just described is, is the truth of golfers that we're always comparing ourselves to people we're playing with because we have so much time to do it. And I'm going to be, this is going to lead to a, a, a takeaway here in a second, but you know what I was, the reason I brought it up is I think it's very pervasive in the game, whether it's, you know, that scenario you just described, you know, you see a guy with a crappy setup. Why does he hit it so well? We all think those things. You know, here we are working all diligent, earnest grinding away and trying to make the perfect golf swings. And and here's this person who seemingly has it figured out. Of course, they don't. You know, if you find out that and by the way, Mike, I'm not saying it's you, but you find out that the guy you think is such a great, you know, ball striker is three putting half the time. You know what I mean? Everyone's got something yeah. in the game that's their little hot spot. So I've been grinding away with Yoda Paul the last three weeks um, on the range. I usually see Paul like I talk to him almost every day. He's one of my best friends. But in past few summers, we don't really hit a lot of golf balls together. Maybe a couple times a summer. Most of the time, we just go on and play. But he hasn't been uh, around to play very much. So I said, hey, buddy, I want you to watch me swing. This was kind of on the heels of having Ledbetter on the show. I said, I'm trying to make this change, and I don't want to go weeks and weeks and weeks with, without you seeing if I'm doing it. So we've probably seen each other five times in the last three weeks, including two days ago. And this is where I'm getting at. This kind of ties into being the earnest grinder versus just playing it's not the most not the most eloquent segue but it's a little bit of a takeaway so we're hitting balls the other day it was hot we i hit balls probably for an hour and a half trying to make this perfect motion Mm. under his watchful eye and on the range it was pretty good like some pretty good shots and now i haven't been able to take it to the golf course all that much although i've had some decent rounds but not like I'm hitting it on the range, you know, like not even close. So we go have lunch, him and I, and then we come back to the range for our last little session. And he says, okay, I'm bored of what he says to me. <laughs> he said, I'm bored of, of watching you trying to hit it perfectly. Let's do something else now. And I said, well, well, what do you mean? I Aren't I supposed to continue to try and get in a thousand fucking reps of this motion, which is hurting my knee? That thing? He says, no. He said, what I want to do now for the last half hour is I just want you to hit shots. I'm going to tell you what shot to hit, and you try and hit it. I said, but what about that? He said, forget that. He says, Here's the, the bottom line is, and this is the takeaway, whatever you're working on in your swing, you've got to be able to do it while trying to hit a golf shot. A soft draw, a low punch, a high cut, blah, blah, blah. And I'll tell you, it was the funnest half hour I spent all week because it was like... I was no longer focused on making a perfect golf swing, which I get focused on, on the range. And I think a lot of people get focused in on the golf course. And I said to him after as we were heading away, I said, you know, I was really smart. You guys, I know. I said I was because I was getting so wrapped up in trying to make a repetitive move that, you know, one day I'll be able to do hopefully innately. But now... And and I and I can just finish by saying I had a match yesterday and he asked me how I, I it was a, a net match I had to get this kid eight shots 
<clears throat> excuse me, and I did okay. I think I shot 74 or 75. But I said I didn't take one swing all day. Pardon me. I didn't take one swing all day without the intention of curving it somehow. Nice. And it was the funnest round. Yeah, oh. I, you know, in my little practice swings, I was still trying to work on my swing. But when I got over the ball, I was like, this is what I'm intending to do. Didn't pull it off all the time, but it was a different feeling. So there you go. That's all I have to say about that. Well, can I comment, please? Please. Uh, the rest of the show is yours. Thank you. <laughs> um, I completely get that. I was talking with a, with a client yesterday, and we we're talking about the difference between, in essence, making golf swings versus hitting golf shots. And it sounds so different, but it, it, it is very different. It's night and effing day. Um, you know, what is the value of making a perfect golf swing on a range? Well, really kind of nothing. I mean, yeah, we're trying to, to work in this a new move and, and, and that can be beneficial over time. But I would say it's not that much different than the person who works on their chipping for two hours and goes out and chunks the first one because it's a totally different thing when now you're playing for with a sense of consequence. There's things going on in your body, your subconscious, your mind, all this that's just so different than when you were practicing. But the key point is, is, is the, in the word you said, what you're intending to do. And when we give the body good information, good direction, then the intention is I'm going to hit a low fade and I'm going to have it bounce you know, 10 or 15 yards in front of the green, and it's going to take this slope and move in, that's good data the body works from, it's that, which is not really that much different than I'm driving my car, oh, and there's a stop sign coming up. Okay. And I can and I can move towards that, which is, a, again, we're just drawing on the, the natural brilliance this, this brain and body have. Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you uh, the last few weeks since I've been seeing him so much and working on this golf swing thing, you know, I've hit a lot of shots, you know, where I would be like, okay, you know, I want to start it over here and blah, blah, blah. But I'm not really, it's more like um, lip uh, service to the actual intention because there's a difference. Well, I mean, like, what do you mean by that? Well, like. I was just sort of like vaguely, I want to hit it out there vaguely, but I'm mostly concerned with, can I make this motion? Just FYI, I'm working on my pivot. I'm just trying to make, I'm just trying to make a better turn. Yeah, with my, yeah. my lower body tends to freeze up, and it always has. Is and this on a backswing? Backswing, and then, you know, I sort of, I sort of do this weird slide. Part of it is for survival, I goat hump the shit out of it. Part of it is for my lower back. My lower back hurts all the time. I don't have any days. Like, I'm not trying to, I'm not, I don't need to telethon. <laughs> I just don't. I don't have any. We don't any- need to telethon? The GSL. The GSL. Operators are waiting. I, did, did, I started to sound pretty modeling. I started to sound pretty modeling there. I don't have any pain-free days, Tim. <laughs> we'll send you a receipt. That's right. If you act now, send Howard to, uh, anyway. So part of my, the reason I'm doing this is it's to help is to stop the my the grinding away of my lower back. So I've been having a lot of, you know, I, I played some rounds where I know I wasn't really thinking about any intention. I was just trying to repeat this motion, which is fine, by the way. And sometimes Paul will say to me, are you going to practice or play today? And what he means is, you know, you're going to go up for 18 holes and just practice your motion. Or are you going to play? Because playing is different. And I, I know I started this whole 
section with golf comparison and golf jealousy. And then I'm, you know, I'm, I'm moving into this play practice thing. But, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, what you what made me think of it is you saying like, you know, you know, I go there and I'm earnestly doing my job. And there comes little, some dude rolls up and just takes a waggle and hits it down the middle. It's like, what the fuck? You know, how come golf doesn't how come I'm not getting paid back by golf by for all my hard work and, you know, yeah. machinations? Exactly. Well, I mean, I think every golfer goes through the, every golfer goes through the shanks. Every golfer goes through some kind of bout with yep, you know, not full blown yips, maybe, but yippiness every once in a while. And and then the thought that, OK, especially avid golfers, the, the golf nerds, I think a lot of people who are listening to our show is that, OK, I practice this X amount of time a week. I stretch, maybe I work out. I make sure I eat the right things. I stay hydrated. I only have one beer around, you know, et cetera, et cetera. How come I'm not getting better? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) When do I go? When do I take this step? When does golf uh, reward me? Yeah, remember when uh, you and George did the intervention with me about four years ago? Yes. (laughs) After I had my meltdown? I mean, we all it happens to to all of us. It's again, it comes with the skin bag that we're going to evaluate, compare ourselves, yes. judge ourselves. But again, it's all just we're all just effing ourselves uh, royally uh, because generally most of it, we're just we're just fine as humans. We are just fine, but. We just have to work our way through these uh, dark moments. That's just the way it goes. One of my favorite things about golf is you're talking about everyone yips something or everyone does something once in a while. Everyone has a hole in their golf course or a hole in their game that they're you know afraid of exposing, whether it's, I don't know, it could be as simple as like, I don't really like hanging downhill lives, whatever it is. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> one of my favorite things about golf is Whatever shot you don't like, or you've just had a, let's say you're on one hole and you had a, a 163 yards, seven iron or whatever, and you kind of hanging lie, you know, semi chunked it left. I guarantee you sometime in the next couple holes, often the next hole, you'll have the same shot again. You know how many times that happens? Oh, where, where you God, screw. Yes. Well, how about, how about, you know, first hole, you got a two foot putt and you miss it. Right. Second or third hole, you got a another two foot, two foot putt. putt. Fourth hole, it's just weird how often that comes up in golf, where it's like whatever you were stinking at, golf will give you another chance to stink at it again. Like that happened to me. Uh, I, I was on a par five, had a decent look at the green, a par second hole, and I topped my three wood, like full on topped it, like it went sixty yards. It the happens. next, the next par five, two holes later. Same yardage, <laughs> three wood again. I was like, and I even said that to myself. I went, "All right, golf. I get it. I get it. it's a big joke, huh? It's a big oh, joke. It's the golf. It's it's the golf gods for sure. Yeah, exactly. Is he going to see? Okay, how's he going to do it? How's this he going to do it again? Let's hey, come on, Howie. Um, all right. Well, there you go. Uh, thank you very much to uh, David Moskowitz and uh, Stretch Lab. Uh, recommend them. Thanks to the uh, OJs for making an appearance on our show. And uh, anyway, 
wonder, wonder if any of those guys are still alive. Uh, I think they They're might all, be. All, everyone's dying. Every, well, that's the died. thing. Yes, I know. Well, oh my gosh. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but we're all going to die, Timmy. <laughs> uh, do, do you think we go to our reward? What do you think? I just want to. I just want to go to some golf course where there's my my idea of heaven. I just I'm, this, I'm taking this is another joke I used to say. My idea of heaven would be a golf course that's 18 short downwind par fives. Just you know something that's all reachable, and and every time you every hole you play, every short par five is downwind. Love okay. it. Exactly. Uh, Tim, let's thank our um, our uh, clothing sponsor, shall we? And who is Oscar Bravo? Um, makers of fine polos that you will be proud to wear and afraid to eat ice cream with. Funny you bring that point up. I spilled coffee on one the other day. <laughs> I did. Just a little bit. And I, was, and I actually said this to myself. You can't have nice things. <laughs> There, see so you judging yourself. Dude, I went, Howard, you can't have nice things. See, that's golf jealousy. <sighs> that's, that's another form of golf jealousy. Exactly. Uh, also, thanks to uh, TaylorMade Golf, TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Uh, I can tell you, I've got all the, everything's in the bag now. Driver, three-wood, hybrid, ridiculous, so love them. Forgiveness, farshmiveness. They work. Uh, we'll see you next week. Tim. Uh, what is your uh, O'ConnorGolf.ca? Look at Tim's uh, Substack. Uh, his latest is about uh, making a ten in a tournament, which is great. Well written as usual. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Even though I knew the story, I went, "Oh, this is this is great." And uh, check out the Humble and Fred Show, where uh, you find all your podcasts. And we'll uh, see you soon. Well, now you step inside, but you don't see too many.